Chapter 3 of The Fall of Troy by Smyrnanius Quintus Translated by Arthur S. Way Born 13 February 1847 Died 25 December 1930 This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. When shone the light of dawn the splendor throned, Then to the ships the Pelian spearmen bore Antilochus' course, Sore sighing for their prince, and by the Hellespont they buried him with aching hearts. Round him, groaning, stood the battle-eager sons of Argives, all of love for Nestor, shrouded o'er with grief. But that grey hero's heart was nowise crushed by sorrow, for the wise man's soul endures bravely, and cowers not under affliction's stroke. But Peleus' son, wroth by Antilochus, his dear friend, armed for vengeance terrible upon the Trojans, yea, and these withal, despite their dread of mighty Achilles' spear, poured battle-eager forth their gates, for now the fates with courage filled their breast, of whom many were doomed to Hades to descend. Whence there is no return, thrust down by hands of Aeacus' son, who also was foredoomed that day to perish by Priam's wall. Swift meant the fronts of conflict, all the tribes of Troy's host, and the battle-biding Greeks, afire with that new kindled fury of war. Then through the foe the son of Peleus made wide havoc. All around the earth was drenched with gore, and choked with corpses with the streams of Simois and Xanthus. Still he chased, still slaughtered, even to the city's walls, for panic fell on all the host. And now all had he slain, had dashed the gates to earth, rending them from their hinges, or the bolts hurling himself against them had he snapped, and for the Danians into Priam's burg had made away, had utterly destroyed that goodly town. But now was Phoebus wroth against him with grim fury, when he saw those countless troops of heroes slain of him. Down from Olympus with a lion leap he came, his quiver on his shoulders lay, and shafts that deal the wounds incurable. Facing Achilles he stood, round him clasped quiver and arrows, blazed with quenchless flame his eyes, and shook the earth beneath his feet. Then, with a terrible shout, the great god cried, so to turn back from war Achilles, awed by the voice divine, and save from death the Trojans. Back from the Trojans, Peleus' son, beseems not that longer thou deal death unto thy foes, lest an Olympian god abase thy pride. But nothing quelled the hero at the voice immortal, for that round him even now hovered the unrelenting fates. He recked not of the god, and shouted his defiance, Phoebus, why dost thou in mine own despite stir me to fight with gods, and wouldst protect the arrogant Trojans? Heretofore hast thou by thy beguiling turned me from the fray, when from destruction thou at first didst save Hector, whereat the Trojans all through Troy exulted. Nay, thou get thee back, Return unto the mansion of the blessed, lest I smite thee, I, immortal though thou be. Then on the god he turned his back, and sped after the Trojans fleeing cityward, and harried still their flight. But wroth at heart, thus Phoebus spake to his indignant soul, Out on this man, he is sense bereft. But now not Zeus himself nor any other power shall save this madman who defies the gods. From mortal sight he vanished into a cloud, and cloaked with mist a baleful shaft he shot, which leapt to Achilles' ankle, 
Sudden pangs with mortal sickness made his whole heart faint. He reeled, and like a tower he fell, that falls smit by a whirlwind when an earthquake cleaves a chasm for rushing blast from underground. So fell the goodly form of Aeacus' son. He glared a murderous glance to right, to left upon the Trojans, and a terrible threat shouted, a threat that could not be fulfilled. Who shot me a stealthy smiting shaft? Let him but dare to meet me face to face. So shall his blood and all his bowels gush out about my spear, and he be hellward sped. I know that none can meet me man to man, and quell in fight of earth-born heroes none. Though such a one should bear within his breast a heart unquelling, and have thews of brass. But dastard still in stealthy ambush lurk for lives of heroes. Let him face me then, I, though he be a god whose anger burns against the Danians. Yea, mine heart forebodes that this my smiter was Apollo, cloaked in deadly darkness. So in days gone by my mother told me how that by his shafts I was to die before the Scaean gates, a piteous death. Her words were not vain words. Then with unflinching hands from out the wound incurable he drew the deadly shaft in agonized pain. Forth gushed the blood, his heart waxed faint beneath the shadow of coming doom. Then in indignant wrath he hurled from him the arrow. A sudden gust of wind swept by and caught it up. And even as he trod Zeus' threshold to Apollo gave it back, for it beseemed not that a shaft divine sped forth by an immortal should be lost. He unto high Olympus swiftly came to the great gathering of immortal gods, where all assembled watched the war of men, these longing for the Trojans' triumph, those for Danian victory. So with diverse wills watched they the strife, the slayers and the slain. Him did the bride of Zeus behold, and straight upbraid with exceeding bitter words. What deed of outrage, Phoebus, hast thou done this day, Forgetful of that day whereon to godlike Peleus' spousals gathered all the immortals. Yea, amidst the feasters thou sangest how Thetis silver-footed left the sea's abysses to be Peleus' bride. And as thou harpest all the earth's children came to hearken, beasts and birds, high craggy hills, rivers, and all deep-shadowed forest came. All this thou hast forgotten, and hast wrought a ruthless deed, hast slain a godlike man, albeit thou with other gods didst pour the nectar, praying that he might be the son by Thetis given to Peleus. But that prayer thou hast forgotten, favoring the folk of tyrannous Laomedon, whose kind thou keepest. He, a mortal, did despite to thee the deathless. O oh, thou art wit bereft! Thou favorest Troy, thy sufferings all forgot! Thou wretch! And doth thy false heart know not this? What man is an offence, and meriteth its suffering? And who is honoured of the gods? Ever Achilles showed us reverence. Yea, was of our race. Ha! But the punishment of Troy I ween shall not be lighter, though Aeacus' son have fallen. For his son right soon shall come from Skyros to the war to help the Argive men. No less in might than was his sire, a bane to many a foe. But thou, thou for the Trojans dost not care, but for his valour, envious Peleus' son, seeing he was the mightiest of men. Thou fool! How wilt thou meet the Nereid's eyes when she shall stand in Zeus's hall midst the gods, who praised thee once and loved thee as her own son? 
So Hera spake in bitterness of soul, upbraiding. But he answered her not a word, of reverence for his mighty father's bride. Nor could he lift his eyes to meet her eyes, but sat abashed, aloof from all the gods eternal, while in unforgiving wrath scowled on him the immortals who maintained the Danians' cause. But such as fain would bring triumph to Troy, these with exultant hearts extolled him, hiding it from Hera's eyes, before whose wrath all heaven abiders shrank. But Peleus' son the while forgot not yet war's fury. Still in his invincible limbs the hot blood throbbed, and still he longed for fight. Was none of all the Trojans dared draw nigh the stricken hero, but at a distance stood, as round a wounded lion hunters stand mid forest breaks afraid, and, though the shaft stands in his heart, yet faileth not in him his royal courage, but with terrible glare roll his fierce eyes, and roar his grimly jaws. So wrath and anguish of his deadly hurt to fury stung Pleiades' soul, but I, his strength ebbed through the god-envenomed wound. Yet leapt he up, and rushed upon the foe, and flashed the lightning of his lance. It slew the goodly Arithion, comrade stout of Hector, through his temples crashing clear. His helm stayed not the long lance fury sped, which leapt there through, and won within the bones the heart of the brain, and spilt his lusty life. Then stabbed beneath the brows Hipponous, even to the eye roots, that the eyeball fell to earth, his soul to Hades flitted forth. Then through the jaw he pierced Alcalthus, and shore away his tongue. In dust he fell, gasping his life out, and the spearhead shot out through his ear. These, as they rushed on him, that hero slew, but many a fleer's life he spilt, for in his heart still leapt the blood. But when his limbs grew chill, and ebbed away his spirit, leaning on his spear he stood, while still the Trojans fled in huddled out of panic, and he shouted unto them, Trojan and Dardan cravens, ye shall not even in my death escape my merciless spear, but unto my avenging spirit ye shall pay, I, one and all, destruction's debt. He spake, they heard and quelled, as mid the hills fawns tremble at a lion's deep mouth roar, and terror-stricken flee the monster, so the ranks of Trojan chariot lords, the lines of battle helpers drawn from alien lands, quelled at the last shout of Achilles, deemed that he was woundless yet. Yet neath the weight of doom his aweless heart, his mighty limbs at last were o'erborne. Down midst the dead he fell, as falls a beetling mountain cliff. Earth rang beneath him, clanged with thunderous crashes arms, as Peleus' son the princely fell. And still his foes with most exceeding dread stared at him, even as when some murderous beast lies slain by shepherds, trembles still the sheep eyeing him, as beside the fold he lies, and shrinking as they pass him far aloof, and, even as he were living, fear him dead. So feared they him, Achilles, now no more. Yet Paris strove to kindle those faint hearts, for his own heart exulted, and he hoped now Peleus' son the Danian strength had fallen, wholly to quench the Argive battle-fire. Friends, if ye help me truly and loyally, let us this day die, slain by Argive men, or live, and hell to Troy with Hector's steeds, in triumph Peleus' son thus fallen dead. 
the steeds that grieving yearning for their lord to fight have borne me since my brother died might we with these but hail achilles slain glory were this for hector's horses yea for hector if in hades men have sense of righteous retribution this man i devise but mischief for the sons of troy and now troy's daughters with exultant hearts from all the city streets shall gather round as pantheresses wroth for stolen clubs or lionesses might stand around a man whose craft in hunting vexed them while he lived so round achilles a dead corpse at last in hurrying throngs troy's daughters then shall come in unforgiving unforgetting hate for parents wroth for husbands slain for sons for noble kinsmen most of all shall joy my father and the ancient men whose feet unwillingly are chained within the walls by eld if we shall hail him through our gates and give our foe to fowls of the air for meat then they which feared him theretofore in haste closed round the corpse of strong heart aeacus son glaucus aeneas battle-famed agenor and other cunning men in deadly fight eager to hail him thence to ilium the god-built burg but aeas failed him not swiftly that godlike man bestrode the dead back from the corpses long lance thrust them all yet ceased they not from onslaught thronging round still with swift rushes fought they for the prize one following other like to long-lit bees which hover round their hive in swarms on swarms to drive a man thence but he wrecking not of all their fury carveth out the combs of nectarous honey harassed sore are they by smoke-reek and the robber spite of all ever they dart against him naught cares he so not of all their onslaughts aeas wrecked but first he stabbed agolus in the breast and slew that son of mehion thestor next alcinous he smote agastratus agonippus zorus nessus eurymus the war-renowned who came from lycia land with mighty-hearted Clacus, from his home in malanippion on the mountain ridge athena's fane which mysacaithon fronts anigh chaldonia's headland dreaded sword of scared seafarers when its lowering crags must needs be doubled for his death the blood of famed hippolochus son was horror chilled for this was his dear friend with one swift thrust he pierced the sevenfold hides of aias shield yet touched his flesh not stayed the spearhead was by those thick hides and by the corslet plate which lapped those battle tireless limbs but still from that stern conflict Clacus drew not back burning to vanquish aias aeacus son and in his folly vaunting threatened him aeas men name thee mightiest man of all the archives hold thee in passing high esteem even as achilles therefore thou i wot by that dead warrior dead this day shalt lie so hurled he forth a vain word not knowing how far and might above him was the man whom his spear threatened battle biter aeas darkly and scornfully glaring on him said thou craven wretch and knowest thou not this how much was hector mightier than thou in warcraft yet before my might my spear he shrank i with his valour there was blent discretion thou thy thoughts are deathward set who darest defy me to the battle me a mightier far than thou 
thou canst not say that friendship of our fathers thee shall screen nor me thy gifts shall while to let thee pass scatheless from war as once did tydeus son though thou didst scape his fury i will not suffer thee to return alive from war ha and thy many helpers thou dost trust who with thee like so many worthless flies flit around the noble achilles corpse to these death and black doom shall my swift onset deal then on the trojans this way and that he turned as mid a long forest glen a lion turns on hounds and trojans many and lycians slew that came for honour hungry till he stood mid a wide ring of flinchers like a shoal of darting fish when sails into their midst a dolphin or shark a huge sea fosterling so shrank they from the might of telamon's son as i he charged mid the rout but still swarmed fighters up till round achilles corpse to right to left lay in dust the slain countless as boars around a lion at bay and evermore the strife waxed deadlier then too hippolochus war-wise son was slain by aeas of the heart of fire he fell backward upon achilles as falls a sapling on a sturdy mountain oak so quelled by the spear on peleus son he fell but for his rescue anchises stalwart son strove hard with all his comrades battle fain and held the course forth and to sorrowing friends gave it to bear to ilium's hallowed burg swiftly leapt he back from murderous war and hastened thence to troy there for his healing cunning leeches wrought who staunched the blood rush and laid on the gash balms such as solve war-stricken warriors pangs but Aeas still fought on here there he slew with thrust like lightning flashes his great heart ached sorely for his mighty cousin slain and now the warrior king laertes son fought at his side before him blanched the foe as he smote down peasander's fleetfoot son the warrior meanalus who left his home in far-renowned abydos down on him he hurled atimnius the goodly son whom pegasus the bright-haired nymph had borne to strong amethion by granicus stream dead by his side he laid orestius son proteus who dwelt neath lofty ida's folds ah never did his mother welcome home that son from war panacea beauty famed he fell by odysseus hands who spilt the lives of many more whom his death-hungering spear reached in that fight around the mighty dead yet alcon son of megacles battle-swift hard by odysseus right knee drave the spear home and about the glittering greave the blood-dark crimson welled he recked not of the wound but was unto his smiter sudden death for clear through his shield he stabbed him with his spear amidst his battle-fury to the earth backward he dashed him by his giant might and strength of hand clashed round him in the dust his armour and his corslet was disdained with crimson life-blood forth from flesh and shield the hero plucked the spear of death the soul followed the lance-head from the body forth and life forsook its mortal mansion then rushed on his comrades in his wounds despite odysseus nor from that stern battle-toil refrained him and by this a mingled host of danians eager-hearted fought around the mighty dead and many and many a foe slew they with those smooth-shafted ashen spears 
even as the winds strew down upon the ground the flying leaves when through the forest glades sweep the wild gust as waneth autumn tide and the old year is dying so the spears of dauntless danians strewed the earth with slain for loyal to dead achilles were they all and loyal to hero aeas to the death for like black doom he blasted the ranks of troy then against aeas paris strained his bow but he was ware thereof and sped a stone swift to the archer's head that bolt of death crashed through his crested helm and darkness closed around him in dust down he fell nought availed his shafts their eager lord but this way and that scattered in dust empty his quiver lay flew from his hand the bow in haste his friends upcaught him from the earth and hector's steeds hurried him thence to troy scarce drawing breath and moaning in his pain nor left his men the weapons of their lord but gathered up all from the plain and bare them to the prince while aeas sent after him a wrathful shout dog thou hast scaped the heavy hand of death to-day but swiftly thy last hour shall come by some strong argive's hands or by my own but now have i a nobler task at hand from murder's grip to rescue achilles course then turned he on the foe hurling swift doom on such as fought around Cleides yet these saw how many yielded up the ghost neath his strong hands and with hearts failing them for fear against him could they stand no more as rascal vultures were they which the swoop of an eagle king of birds scares far away from carcasses of sheep that wolves have torn so this way that way scattered they before the hurtling stones the sword the might of aeas in utter panic from the war they fled in huddled rout like starlings from the swoop of a death-dealing hawk when fleeing bane one drives against another as they dart all terror huddled in tumultuous flight so from the war to priam's burb they fled wretchedly clad in terror as a cloak quelling from mighty aeas battle shout as with hands dripping blood gouts he pursued yea all one after other had he slain had they not streamed through the city gates flung wide hard panting pierced to the very heart with fear pent there within he left them as a shepherd leaves folded sheep and strode back o'er the plain yet never touched he with his feet the ground but i he trod on dead men arms and blood for countless corpses lay on that wide stretch even from the broad way troy to hellespont bodies of strong men slain the spoil of doom as when the dense stalks of sun-ripened corn fall neath the reaper's hands and the long swaths heavy with full ears o'erspread the field and joys the heart of him who oversees the toil lord of the harvest even so by baleful havoc overmastered lay all around face downward men remembering not the death-denouncing war-shout but the sons of fair archaea left their slaughtered foes in dust and blood unstripped of arms awhile till they should lay upon the pyre the son of peleus who in battle shock had been their banner of victory charging in his might so the kings drew him from that stricken field straining beneath the weight of giant limbs and with all loving care they bore him on and laid him in his tent before the ships 
and round him gathered that great host, and wailed heart-anguished him who had been the Achaean strength. And now, forgotten all the splendor of spears, lay mid the tents by moaning Hellespont, in stature more than human. Even as lay Tityos, who sought to force Queen Leto when she fared to Pytho, swiftly in his wrath Apollo shot, and laid him low, who seemed invincible. In a foul lake of gore there lay he, covering many a root of ground, on the broad earth his mother, and she moaned over her son, of blessed gods aboard, but Lady Leto laughed. So grand of mould, there in the foeman's land lay Aeacus' son, for joy to Trojans, but for endless grief to Achaean men lamenting. Moaned the air with sighing from the abysses of the sea, and passing heavy grew the hearts of all, thinking, Now shall we perish by the hands of Trojans. Then by those dark ships they thought of white-haired fathers left in halls afar, of wives new-wedded, who by the couches cold mourned, waiting, waiting with their tender babes for husbands unreturning. And they groaned in bitterness of soul. A passion of grief came o'er their hearts. They fell upon their faces on the deep sand flung down, and wept as men all comfortless round Peleus' mighty son, and clutched and plucked out by the roots their hair, and cast upon their faces defiling sand. Their cry was like the cry that goeth up from folk that after battle by their walls are slaughtered, when their maddened foes set fire to a great city, and slay in heaps on heaps her people, and make spoil of all her wealth. So wild and high they wailed beside the sea, because the Danian's champion, Aeacus' son, lay grand in death by a god's arrow slain as ares lay when she of the mighty father with that huge stone down dashed him on troy's plain ceaselessly wailed the myrmidons achilles a ring of mourners round the kingly dead that kind heart friend alike to each and all to no man arrogant nor hard of mood but ever tempering strength with courtesy then Aeas first, deep groaning, uttered forth his yearning o'er his father's brother's son, God-stricken. Ay, no man had smitten him of all upon the wide-weight earth that dwell. Him glorious Aeas, heavy-hearted, mourned. Now wandering to the tent of Peleus' son, now cast down all his length, a giant form on the sea-sands, and thus lamented he, Achilles, shield and sword of Argive men, thou hast died in Troy from Pythias' plains afar, smitten unawares by that accursed shaft. Such thing as weakling dastards aim in fight. For none who trust in wielding the great shield, none who for war can skill to set the helm upon his brows and sway the spear in grip and cleave the brass about the breast of foes warreth with arrows, shrinking from the fray. Not man to man he met thee, who so smote, else woundless never had he scaped thy lance. But haply Zeus purposed to ruin all, and maketh all our toil and travail vain. I now will grant the Trojans victory, who from Achaea now hath reft her shield. Ah me, 
how shall old peleus in the halls take up the burden of a mighty grief in his joyless age his heart shall break at the mere rumour of it better so thus in a moment to forget all pain but if these evil tidings slay him not ah laden with sore sorrow eld shall come upon him eating out his heart with grief by a lone hearth peleus so passing dear once to the blessed but the gods vouchsafe no perfect happiness to hapless men so he in grief lamented peleus son then ancient phoenix made heart-stricken moan clasping the noble form of aeacus seed and in wild anguish well the wise of heart thou art reft from me dear child and cureless pain hast left me oh that upon my face the valley earth had fallen ere i saw thy bitter doom no pang more terrible hath ever stabbed mine heart no not that hour of exile when i fled from fatherland and noble parents fleeing hellas through till peleus welcomed me with gifts and lord of his dolopians made me in his arms thee through his halls one day he bare and sat upon my knees and bade me foster thee his babe with all love as mine own dear child i hearkened to him blithely didst thou cling about my heart and babbling wordless speech didst call me father oft and didst bedew my breast and tunic with thy baby lips oft times with soul that laughed for glee i held thee in my arms for my heart whispered me this fosterling through life shall care for thee staff of thine aid shall be and that mine hope was for a little while fulfilled but now thou hast vanished into darkness and to me is left long heartache wild with all regret ah my sorrow slay me ere the tale to noble peleus come when on his ears falleth the heavy tidings he shall weep and wail without surcease most piteous grief we twain for thy sake shall inherit i thy sire and i who ere our day of doom mourning shall go down to the grave for thee i better this than life unholpen of thee so moaned his ever-swelling tide of grief and atreus son beside him mourned and wept with heart on fire with inly smouldering pain thou hast perished chiefest of the danian men hast perished and hast left the achaean host fenceless now thou art fallen they are left an easier prey to foes thou hast given joy to trojans by thy fall who dreaded thee as sheep a lion these with eager hearts even to the ships will bring the battle now zeus father thou too with deceitful words beguilest mortals thou didst promise me that priam's burg should be destroyed but now that promise given dost thou not fulfil but thou didst cheat mine heart i shall not win the war's goal now achilles is no more so did he cry heart anguished mourned all round with wails multitudinous for peleus son the dark ships echoed back the voice of grief and sighed and sobbed the immeasurable air and as when long sea rollers driven onward by a great wind heave up far out at sea and strandward sweep with terrible rush and i headland and beach with shattered spray are scourged and roar unceasingly 
so a dread sound rose of moaning of the Danians round the course, ceaselessly wailing Peleus' aweless son. And on their morning soon black night had come, but spake unto Atreides Neleus' son, Nestor, whose own heart bare its load of grief, remembering his own son, Antilochus. O mighty Agamemnon, scepter-lord of Argives, from wide shrilling lamentation refrain before this day. None shall withhold hereafter these from their heart's desire of weeping and lamenting many days. But now go to. From all this Aeacus' son, wash we the foul blood-gouts, and lay we him upon a couch. Unseemly it is to shame the dead by leaving them untended long. So counseled Neleus' son, the passing wise, then hasted he his men, and bade them set cauldrons of cold spring water o'er the flames, and wash the course, and clothe it in vesture fair, sea purple, which his mother gave her son at his first sailing against Troy. With speed they did their lord's command, with loving care, all service meetly rendered, on a couch they laid the mighty fallen, Peleus' son. The Trito-born, the passing wise, beheld and pitied him, and showered upon his head ambrosia, which hath virtue I, to keep taintless men, say, the flesh of warriors slain. Like softly breathing sleeper, dewy fresh she made him. Over that dead face she drew a stern frown, even as when he lay, with wrath darkening his grim face, clasping his slain friend Patroclus. And she made his frame to be more massive, like a war-god to behold. And wonder seized the Argives as they thronged, and saw the image of a living man, where all the stately length of Peleus' son lay on the couch, and seemed as though he slept. Around him all the woeful captive maids whom he had taken for a prey, what time he had ravaged hallowed Lemnos, and scaled the towering crags of Thebes, Etion's town, welled as they stood, and rent their fair young flesh, and smote their breast, and from their hearts bemoaned that lord of gentleness and courtesy, who honoured even the daughters of his foes, and stricken most of all with heart-sick pain, Briseis, hero Achilles' couchmate, bowed o'er the dead, and tore her fair young flesh with ruthless fingers, Shrieking, her soft breast was reached with gory wheels, so cruelly she smote it. Thou hadst said that crimson blood had dripped on milk. Yet in her grief's despite, her winsome loveliness shone out, and grace hung like a veil about her as she welled. Woe for this grief, passing all griefs beside! Never on me came anguish like to this, not when my brethren died. My fatherland was wasted, like this anguish for thy death. Thou wast my day, my sunlight, my sweet life, mine hope of good, my strong defense from harm, dearer than all my beauty, yea, more dear than my lost parents. Thou wast all in all to me, thou only, captive though I be. 
thou tookest from me every bondmaid's task and like a wife didst hold me ah but now me some new achaean master shall bear to fertile sparta or to thirsty argos the bitter cup of thraldom i shall drain severed ah me from thee oh that the earth had veiled my dead face ere i saw thy doom so for slain peleus son did she lament with woeful handmaidens and heart-anguished greeks horning a king a husband never dried her tears were ever to the earth they streamed like sunless water trickling from a rock while rime and snow yet mantle o'er the earth above it yet the frost melts down before the east wind and the flame shafts of the sun now came the sound of that upringing well to nereus daughters dwellers in the depths unfathomed with sore anguish all their hearts were smitten piteously they moaned their cries shivered along the waves of hellespont then with dark mantles over paul they sped swiftly to where the argive men were thronged as rushed their troops up the silver paths of sea the flood disported round them as they came with one wild cry they floated up it rang a sound as when the fleet-flying cranes forebode a great storm moaned the monsters of the deep plaintively round that train of mourners fast on they sped to their goal with awesome cry wailing the while their sister's mighty son swiftly from helicon the muses came heart burdened with undying grief for love and honour of the nerid starry-eyed then zeus with courage filled the argive men that eyes of flesh might undismayed behold that glorious gathering of goddesses then those divine ones round achilles course pealed forth with one voice from immortal lips a lamentation rang again the shores of hellespont as rain upon the earth their tears fell round the dead man aeacus son for out of depths of sorrow rose their moan and all the armour yea the tents the ships of that great sorrowing multitude were wet with tears from ever swelling springs of grief his mother cast upon him clasping him and kissed her son's lips crying through her tears now let rosy vesture dawn in heaven exult now let broad flowing axius exult and for astropaeus dead put by his wrath let priam's seed be glad but i unto olympus will ascend and at the feet of everlasting zeus will cast me bitterly plaining that he gave me an unwilling bride unto a man a man whom joyless eld soon overtook to whom the fates are near with death for gift yet not so much for his lot do i grieve as for achilles zeus promised me to make him glorious in achaean halls in recompense for the bridal i so loathed that into wild wind i changed me now to water now in fashion as a bird i was now as a blast of flame nor might a mortal win me for his bride who seemed all shapes in turn that heaven and earth contain until the olympian placed him to bestow a godlike son on me a lord of war yea in a manner this he did fulfil faithfully 
for my son was mightiest of men but zeus made brief his span of life unto my sorrow therefore up to heaven will i to zeus's mansion will i go and well my son and will put zeus to mind of my travail for him and his sons in their sore stress and sting his soul with shame so in her wild lament the sea-queen cried but now to thetis spake calliope she in whose heart was steadfast wisdom throned from lamentation thetis now forbear and do not in the frenzy of thy grief for thy lost son provoke to wrath the lord of gods and men lo even sons of zeus the thunder king have perished overborne by evil fate immortal though i be mine own son orpheus died whose magic song drew all the forest trees to follow him and every craggy rock and river stream and blasts of wind shrill piping stormy breathed and birds that dart through air on rushing wings yet i endured mine heavy sorrow gods ought not with anguished grief to vex their souls therefore make end of sorrow-stricken well for thy brave child for to the sons of earth minstrels shall chant his glory and his might by mine and by my sister's inspiration unto the end of time let not thy soul be crushed by dark grief nor do thou lament like those frail mortal women knowest thou not that round all men which dwell upon the earth hovereth irresistible deadly fate who wrecks not even of the gods such power she only hath for heritage yea she soon shall destroy gold wealthy priam's town and trojans many and argives doomed to death whomso she will no god can stay her hand so in her wisdom spake calliope then plunged the sun down into ocean's stream and sable-vestured night came floating up o'er the wide firmament and brought her boon of sleep to sorrowing mortals on the sands there slept they all the achaean host with heads bowed neath the burden of calamity but upon thetis sleep laid not his hand still with the deathless nereids by the sea she sate on either side the muses spake one after other comfortable words to make that sorrowing heart forget its pain but when with a triumphant laugh the dawn soared up the sky and her most radiant light shed over all the trojans and their king then sorrowing sorely for achilles still the danians woke to weep day after day for many days they wept around them moaned the far-reaching beaches of the sea and mourned great nerus for his daughter thetis sake and mourned with him the other sea-gods all for dead achilles then the argives gave the corpse of great pleiades to the flame a pyre of countless tree-trunks built they up which all with one mind toiling from the heights of ida they brought down for atreus sons sped on the work and charged them bring thence wood without measure that consumed with speed might be achilles body 
All around piled they about the pyre much battle gear of strong men slain, and slew and cast thereon full many goodly sons of Trojan men, and snorting steeds, and mighty bulls withal, and sheep, and fatling swine thereon they cast. And wailing captive maids from coffers brought mantles untold, all cast they on the pyre. Gold heaped they there, and amber, all their hair the Myrmidon shore, and shrouded with the same the body of their king. Briseis laid her own shorn tresses on the corpse, her gift, her last unto her lord. Great jars of oil full many pour they out thereon, with jars of honey and of wine, rich blood of the grape that breathed an odour as of nectar. Yea, cast incense-breathing perfumes manifold, marvellous sweet, the precious things put forth by earth, and treasures of the sea divine. Then, when all things were set in readiness about the pyre, all footmen, charioteers, compass that woeful bell, clashing their arms. While from the viewless heights Olympian, Zeus rained down ambrosia on dead Aeacus' son. For honor to the goddess, Nerys' child, he sent to Aeolus Hermes, bidding him to summon the sacred might of his swift winds, for that the corpse of Aeacus' son must now be burned. With speed he went, and Aeolus refused not. The tempestuous north in haste he summoned, and the wild blast of the west. To Troy they sped on their whirlwind wings. Fast in mad onrush, fast across the deep they darted. Roared beneath them as they flew the sea, the land, above crashed thunder-voiced clouds, headlong hurtling through the firmament. Then by decree of Zeus, down on the pyre of slain Achilles, like a charging host swooped they. Up leapt the fire-guard's maddening breath, up rose a long well from the Myrmidons. Then through the whirlwind rushes toiled the winds. All day, all night they needs must fan the flames ere that death-pyre burned out. Up to the heavens vast volume rolled the smoke, the huge tree trunks groaned, writhing, bursting in the heat, and dropped the dark gray ash all round. So when the winds had tirelessly fulfilled their mighty task, back to their cave they rode cloud-charioted. Then, when the fire had last of all consumed that hero-king, when all the steeds, the men slain round the pyre had first been ravened up, with all the costly offerings laid around the mighty dead by Achaia's weeping sons, the glowing embers did the Myrmidons quench with wine. Then clear to be discerned were seen his bones, for no wise like the rest were they, but like an ancient giant's. None beside with these were blent, for bulls and steeds and sons of Troy, with all that mingled hecatomb, lay in a wide ring round his course, and he amidst them, flame-devoured, lay there alone. So his companions groaning gathered up his bones, and in a silver casket laid, messy and deep, and banded and bestarred with flashing gold, 
and Neris' daughters shed ambrosia over them, and precious nards for honour to Achilles. Fat of kine, and amber honey poured they over all. A golden vase his mother gave, a gift in old time of the wine-god, glorious work of the craftmaster fire-god, in which they laid the casket that enclosed the bones of mighty-souled Achilles. All around the Argives heaped a barrel, a giant sign, upon a foreland's uttermost end, beside the Hellespont's deep waters, wailing loud farewells unto the Myrmidon's hero-king. Nor stayed the immortal steeds of Aeacus' son tearless beside the ships. They also mourned their slain king. Sorely loath were they to abide longer mid mortal men, our Argive steeds, bearing a burden of consuming grief. But fain were they to soar through air, afar from wretched men, over the ocean streams, over the sea-queen's caverns, unto where divine Padarje bare that storm-foot twain, begotten of the west wind clarion-voiced. Yea, and they had accomplished their desire, but the gods' purpose held them back, until from Skyros' isle Achilles' fleet-foot son should come. Him waited they to welcome, when he came unto the war-host. For the fates, daughters of holy chaos, at their birth had spun the life-threads of those deathless foals, even to serve Poseidon first, and then Peleus the dauntless king, Achilles then, the invincible, and after these, the fourth, the mighty-hearted Neoptolemus, whom after death to the Elysian plain they were to bear, unto the blessed land by Zeus' decree. For which cause, though their hearts were pierced with bitter anguish, they abode still by the ships, with spirits sorrowing for their old lord, and yearning for the new. Then from the surge of heavy plunging seas rose the earth-shaker. No man saw his feet pace up the strand, but suddenly he stood beside the nerid goddesses, and spake to Thetis, yet for Achilles bowed with grief. Refrain from endless mourning for thy son. Not with the dead shall he abide, But dwell with gods, as doth the might of Heracles, And Dionysus ever fair. Not him dread doom shall prison in darkness evermore, Nor Hades keep him. To the light of Zeus soon shall he rise, And I will give to him a holy isle for my gift. It lies within the Uxine Sea, there evermore a god thy son shall be. The tribes that dwell around shall as mine own self honor him with incense and with steam of sacrifice. Hush thy laments, vex not thine heart with grief. Then, like a wind-breath, he passed away over the sea when that consoling word was spoken, and a little in her breast revived the spirit of Thetis. And the god brought this to pass thereafter. All the host moved moaning thence, And came unto the ships that brought them o'er from Hellas. Then returned to Helicon the Muses. Neath the sea, wailing the dear dead, Neris' daughters sank. End of chapter 3